Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. I'm one of your hosts for the evening, Mel. Maddie, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing over there? I'm doing fantastic. We got a new member to the family over here. Yeah? Yeah, the crazy cat lady is back in effect. You got more cats going? Yeah, we got another one. Oh, no. You're going to drown in them. Oh, she's cute, though. Oh, they're all cute, though, right? Ain't that that part of the deal? That's how it goes, right? Yep. You know what else is cute? Our guest guest this evening is very cute, yes. We have... uh, uh, we have the great James Belsamo with us this evening. How you doing, Jimmy? Hey, speaking of cats, you could never have enough pussy. Am I right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. The last time you were on the on Shock events. Yeah, the last time you joined us was in November of 2018 on our coolest Hell episode when we were at WBOB. Um, yeah. A little flashback to that episode, we discussed The Witch, which, which was, I think, about to be released. We discussed your movie, Cool as Hell 2, and you were about to uh, release Hanukkah, so that was being screened, which starred the late Sid Haig. Caroline Williams, PJ Souls, Joe Natter, and Sarah French. It's just got an awesome cast of people in it. So yes. I know you, you're the man that never stops working, and you have True. a ton in production. You have a bunch of things coming out. You've released a bunch of things since then. What's your secret to staying relevant? Uh, I think keeping busy, you know? Always, always move forward like a rocket ship, burning people into skeletons as you move along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my advice. Just keep keep propelling yourself. Keep growing. Keep trying new things, you know? I'm, uh, I've got three movies coming out this month alone. So, uh, Mind Melters 2, which is currently out on shelves. If you don't have the first Mind Melters, then you're going to love the second one. It's got a bunch of wacky short films in it got uh, James Quill from the Tim and Eric show, Craig Muckler from the Microwave Massacre, and me. I mean, what more could you ask for? That's and true. then uh, Catch of the Day 2 is currently in stores, and uh, that's a fun buddy cop comedy with Jake the Snake Roberts in it, and uh, one of the Bushwhackers. So that also stars me. What's better than that? Real Explosions and the Amazing Preston. You a uh, wrestling? How do you go about? You heard me right. I'm like, not how do you go about casting your films? I'm talking about the amazing Preskin. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Like you have the best cast in your films. How do you just? How do you go about casting? Do you have people in mind when you write your script, or do you you know just go back and think who will be better in what role? You, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of go after. The people that I admired uh, growing up, or or like contemporarily, so I, I kind of reach out to people that I admire their work, and, and I've been lucky enough to work with so many greats. Um, you know, the late Sid Haig and Tony Todd, and Timmy Duvall from Independence Day. 
Tom Savini. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I could just talk about how many great people that I've worked with and how great I am. Mm-hmm. And really, let's talk about how great my website is, AskBathProductions.com. It's got all your T-shirts and hot sauce and cool Bath Productions movie needs. Yeah, you can't get the pun book. That's right. Total punishment. Available at Barnes & Noble. I wrote a bad joke book filled with 100 bad jokes. You want to hear one? Yeah. Yeah, of course you do. Uh, Do you know where vampires keep their beer? Where? No, where? In the Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You can take that joke to the bank. The blood tank... (laughs) Speaking of vampire films, I'm working on Bite School 2. That's right, from dusk till dawn. Nice. That's going to be fantastic. How's everything going with that? Great. Great. I mean, I'm, I've got a, a few productions that I'm currently uh, working on. So, Bite School 2 among Killer Waves 2 which has uh, WWE Hall of Famer, The Godfather in it, as well as punk rock legend Marky Ramone from The Ramones, and uh, a number of other cool cameos. So check out that. It'll be out uh, hopefully in September. I'm finishing that one up now. Yeah, Life's a beach and then so, you die. So I'm, guessing, so I'm guessing with all these WWE wrestlers in your movies, you're not an NWO fan. I am actually. I love the New World Order. Hell yeah! So, yeah, you find a lot of uh, uh, fans of wrestling and, and horror. You know, they, they, you find a lot of them are caught up in the same stuff. You know. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I loved wrestling as a kid. Mel, you ever get into wrestling when you were younger? When I was like super young, I used to watch wrestling. Like I'm talking like the Jimmy Snuka Ultimate Warrior days. Um, I watched for a little bit when The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin were relevant, but yeah. I don't really watch it much anymore. Yeah. Well, then you should know that The Godfather, Charles Wright, is also, a.k.a. Papa Shango, who yeah. famously put a voodoo curse on the Ultimate Warrior. Ooh, is that what happened to the Ultimate Warrior? The curse got him. Cold. That's right. Sheet. Yeah, Papa Shango. So are you going to get the Horsemen in any movies? The Four Horsemen. Yeah, that'd be great. If you could get, uh, what wrestler would you like to get in your film? Ideally. Flair? Ideally, um, you guys together in a scene, that would be the best. All three of us. Three amigos in matching mariachi costumes. Oh, I, I got mine. So we gotta get you some <laughs> I support that. I support that, and I love that picture too. That picture you speak of with the mariachi. Oh, thank costume. you. One of my favorites. Yeah. Of all time. Yes. You know that picture will shake you up like a maraca. Yeah. How did James Balsamo get into the old film business? When uh, when you were a kid, I assume you uh, just a big fan of film, and you slowly kind of worked your way in. Or let's get a little more detailed with it. Well, you know what? I, I started acting when I was eight, and uh, I never stopped. And I, I went to uh, I went to film school after I started taking out Lloyd Kaufman's garbage mm-hmm. as an unpaid intern. 
And uh, after doing that for a year, I said, you know what, I'm going to make my own damn movie. And I started, while I was working at Trauma, and Lloyd did a cameo, I love Lloyd, and Debbie Rashawn did a cameo. And then I didn't finish that movie until I was 25, and it became Hack Cop. And I put the uh, lead singer of War, Odor's Urungus, in it. And uh, that's how I made my first movie, and it got picked up for worldwide distribution. It was on cable TV all over the U.S. and Canada for three years. Sing it with me, oh, Canada. And that's <laughs> how I kind of broke into the business. Bret Hart was all about it, man. And that's it. I've been making movies ever since. And, and Matt, you're in a few. Oh, yeah. Proud to be. I love it. Yeah, the first time I ever heard of yeah. James was uh, I seen a, a one-page Layout was it in, uh, either in Fangoria or Rue Morgue magazine. Uh, I remember seeing that like way years, 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 years before I ever met him. But I always I took note. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard that story. I like that story, yeah. man. Yeah, I took out a full page uh, in Fangoria before my movie got picked up, and so I was selling them off of a website. I was selling hack jobs off of hackjobmovie dot com. And, uh, you know, this guy said, hey, I could sell your movie just on your poster alone. And that, that is infamy. And that's kind of how it all got started. Yeah. And the great Jeff Zorno did my poster art. I came to Boston to Rock and Shock specifically to meet Jeff Zorno to talk to him to do my movie poster. Cool. So me and Boston got a lot of history. Yeah. We love James over here. We love Lloyd, too. You brought up Lloyd earlier. You know, uh, how'd you... Yeah. We, we missed James. It's been about... I haven't seen you probably almost three years, years now yeah. since Rock and Shock, Rock and Shock a couple, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, when I, I moved to Los Angeles, I used to live in New York, so coming out to Rock and Shock was just a hop and a skip. Now it's like a thousand-hour flight. Yeah. <laughs> so... So how'd you start? I think I've done that show once <laughs> since I moved, made but unfortunately that show is no more. Yeah. So how'd you first start uh, get involved with Troma? Was it like a James Gunn situation? I know you lived in New York. We just show up at their doorstep one day and say, "I want to work for you guys." Pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's kind of exactly how it happened. I was working at a comic book store, and we were selling a used copy of the Toxic Avenger Part Two, and somebody said, "Hey." you want to make movies, you should go be an intern for Troma. And so three days later, I got hired by Troma, quit my comic book job, and then I started commuting from Long Island, New York, to uh, Hell's Kitchen every day. That's when Troma was in Manhattan. Yeah. And now they're, I believe, in Long Island City. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I loved working for Troma. I learned a lot of great tricks of the trade. I'm still friends with Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd did my film The Witch and Pack Job and a whole bunch of other ones so I love, I love my trauma family yeah yeah it's great to has have working like in this field and has working in this field and working with the cast that you've been able to work with changed you in any way or you know becoming famous with the movie industry for your movies no I mean it, you know it's cool it's cool being recognized for your work. You know, back when society was open and I'd be standing on line at like a midnight movie to see the blob, you know, in, in Hollywood and somebody goes, Oh my God, James Paul Soul. 
I love high school youth officer. You know, something like that happens all over the country. It's pretty cool that, you know, the horror fan base is so strong and I have a fan base. It's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? But it, it hasn't changed me. I still scratch my butt one cheek at a time. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your take on every now and then you'll hear some indie, like low budget filmmakers giving uh, Lloyd a hard time or Tromer a hard time, you know, because, you know, you know, they, it's, it's people, they, they think that they're going to get rich sometimes going through, working through Troma, which is a, a weird thought because he's always never, you know, that's never been, you know what I mean? Like Lloyd's never been the type of dude to be like, come work here, you'll be rich and famous. But some people feel like uh, they will and then they get upset or something. I don't know. I see Lloyd get hard yeah. times. I always feel uh, I always feel bad for Lloyd when I hear people give him hard times because he's got to be one of the most supportive people towards independent filmmakers that there is, you know. He he really is, and, and Lloyd is such a sweetheart, and yeah. he really he really cares about people in general. He's a sweet sweet man. He was nothing but nice to me, and still is. Yeah, you know. So, and and you know what I love is that Lloyd Kaufman is wearing uh, the Hack Job T-shirt. You know, my movie Hack Job. My first film, he's wearing the t-shirt in the behind the scenes of Newcomb High Part 2. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, it's it's cool to see that there's still a connection between me and Lloyd. And he always tells me he, he, he wore that shirt out and he needs a new hack job shirt. So I got to print some new hack job t-shirt just for Lloyd. Yeah, that's cool. I'll grab one. I want one. The, uh... Yeah. Yeah, the, uh... I gotta check out the new Nuka movies. I always, I always say that about Lloyd too. People kind of, you know, with trauma, people like to give trauma hard times, but you know, they they've put out some really cool flicks. And I, you gotta say, every Lloyd, all of Lloyd's movies are like really good. You know, I mean, they're they're trauma esque, but like they're. They're good. They're good. They're they're, they're they touch on different things. Uh, I think, unfortunately, Lloyd's going to be one of those dudes. I think when he passes, everybody's going to start talking about how much of a legend he is. And a, oh, a, a I'm talking about that. That's a long ways away. A bigger way. You know, well, in, a, in a jar, and he'll be a robot. You know what I mean? Cyborg head for all eternity. Long live Lloyd. Oh, long live Lloyd right. for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, I I don't know what I was talking about. I was. I was, I was, uh, I was speaking. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, like, I know you're, you're moving past. Blasphemy. Huh? What'd you say, Mel? <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, a lot of the movies have a very comedic edge to them. Are you a comic guy, James? And if you are, do you prefer DC or Marvel? You know what? I, um, I am a comic book guy. I, I like Batman, but I'm a Marvel guy through and through. For me, it's Spider-Man and Punisher all the way. Um, but, I, you know, DC has its moments, and DC is great. It's got some really cool characters to it. But uh, I I actually like uh, a lot of Dark Horse stuff, too. Michael cool. Gilbert's Mr. Monster is my favorite, and I got the rights to use uh, Mr. Monster in my film, Cool as Hell. Awesome. And so I had actually gotten the rights to do a five-minute short film about Mr. Monster to put in Cool as Hell, but I kind of chickened out, and so I just kind of, I didn't want to do any harm to the franchise or anything like that, so I just kind of talked about it, and I had the rights from Michael T. Gilbert, so I was honored by that. Now, James, your films have a lot of comedy in them. Are you a fan of comics, stand-up comics? 
Yeah, you know, I used to do stand-up until I sat down, and then my career was over. I was going to say, coming from New York, that's kind of like the hub of, uh, you know, a lot of famous, big famous clubs out there. You have a rub elbows? Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I I played, uh, you know, Gotham and and all these other big New York comedy clubs, the comics. You ever meet Uh, any cool legends? It's hard. It's a a hard thing to do, you know. You kind of, you have a set, right? You have a strong five, strong five minutes. Yeah. Do your bit, and you kind of know what works, and then you try to, like, work in a new joke to see what works so it's like you got your jokes that you know are gonna kill and then it's kind of becomes like a comfort thing you know you kind of get comfortable and and i was living in long island so i was it would like be a two-hour commute Mm -hmm. to do like a eight minute set yeah and then i'd i'd you know i'd drink myself back into the long island railroad and then ride home it's it's rough it's rough doing stand-up so yeah. You know, Godspeed to all those comedians that make people laugh because it's it's a trip. I like making movies so much <laughs> better because I just have to do a few takes and then whatever silly funny thing I do is immortalized on film yeah. for all eternity. So it's a little little less of a hassle. Are you, uh, are you... So with doing the the stand up comic nights, were you like a headliner or was it just like an open mic night where you just go in, they give you a time slot, and that's when you go on? I I did both actually. I even did a comedy hosting gig where I I hosted a show where uh, Bernie Williams, the Yankee player that won a few baseball series, wanted to be a jazz player, and so he they hired me to host the show that he was playing guitar at. You also had a you did some music in your earlier career too, right? In a band. Yeah, I was in a bunch of bands. I actually released a DVD last year called James Balsamo Knows How to Rock. And it's got a bunch of uh, music videos of bands that I was in throughout the years. You know, I opened up for Mushroom Head, uh, White Lion, and uh, a few other bands. And I toured a little bit. I love music. You know, I play several instruments. Uh, you know how some people play the triangle? Yeah. I used to play the circle, but I couldn't get around to practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of that one? Trauma, band, I can't deal with you. (laughs) Stand up. Got like uh, Doug Sackman, Zach Amico, uh, alumni of Trauma type stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, Doug Doug Sackman's in my film, uh, I Spill Your Guts and Catch of the Day. Doug is a great guy, and I know Zach uh, a long time. Actually, Zach, I met Zach, he was uh, handing out flyers in, in front of a comedy club in New York. I was... I was walking the streets of Manhattan mm-hmm. one night, and that's how I met Zach. And he was like, oh, we got to talking. He was like, oh, you know, trauma. And, you know, I've been friends with Zach a long time. But unfortunately, Zach, I don't believe is in any of my pictures yet. What do you miss the most about New York? Other than your family, of course. The pizza. The I pizza. would say the pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to chuck down an, an L.A. pizza out here. It's fine. You know, they do. So, you gotta give it to them. But uh, nothing beats New York pizza. Yeah. Did you meet any of the cast members in your movies in the clubs that you were performing at? And if so, can you name said clubs? I don't think I've met any cast members. I I met some cast members doing extra work. I used to do a lot of extra work Mm -hmm. uh, for big movies. Like, I'm an extra in 
We on the Night with Joaquin Phoenix, and I met some actors that I used in my first film, Act Job, and I'm also in uh, Enchanted with James Marsden, and I had a close-up in that, and it just never got used, so thanks, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> You're the wrong image for Disney, I guess. Yeah, exactly. If Disney goes X-rated or, you know, hardcore rated R, they'll have you on Disney Plus. All your movies will be on Disney Plus streaming. Yeah, exactly. That's not a bad contract. Thank you, Disney. Thank you for considering my films. I can't wait for I Spill Your Guts to be on Disney Plus. I was going to say... Yeah, it's funny. I remember ICP put out a uh, put out an album under under uh, Disney, and like they pulled it in there. It was like a big issue with that, and it brings. They have all the bro- They have like side companies that they release. Like they put out natural. They had their hand in putting out Natural Born Killers and stuff, which is you know great, incredibly violent movie of the '90s. You know, all of the Stone classic. But uh, you don't right. think, you don't think Disney when you think of that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. The mouse. You don't think of so. The mouse. I have a I have a curiosity question. Ooh. Okay. So I just recently watched your sexy time video. Uh, so does that make you want to like decide to do porn or no. dip into uh, it? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, as much as I'm an avid <laughs> fan of adult entertainment, I. I do not make adult entertainment. Sexy Time is a compilation of the breast clips mm-hmm. from my films, from over ten of my films. Uh, it is it is not X-rated. There's a lot of breasts, but it's my breast work. Yeah, it is your breast work. You know, my boyfriend woke up because he heard all the moaning coming off the TV, and he's like, "What the hell are you watching?" <laughs> That's great. All this sexy talk. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I it's, it's I thought it was Disney regulated. Yeah. I, I, we know you were fr- very friendly with Joel Reed. Do you have any fun stories about him? He just recently passed. Rest in peace. I I do. I love Joel, and it, it breaks my heart that he's no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, I do have a, a fun story. So Joel told me once he took a trip to France. And uh, he was interested in this girl, and he was being nice and buying her flowers. And uh, his friend said, Joel, she thinks you're a homosexual. In France, you have to be direct with a woman. You have to say, I think you're beautiful, and I want to make love to you. And he said, what? Really? And, and the rest is history. So Joel said he was running around France telling all these women that, and, uh, and the rest... My friend is Joel Reed Infamy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was real sad to hear that. And he was cool. He was very yeah. accessible to horror fans. You could easily hit him up on Facebook yeah, I, and talk to him. Yeah, I was devastated. Joel was in a few of my pictures, and he was such a sweet man. I, I filmed at his house in mm-hmm. Manhattan a few times, and uh, you know we've had lunch several times, and it was. It was just such a tragedy, you know, this, this virus is so serious, and when people say, oh, it's a joke, I, I just think about poor Joel and some other good friends that I've lost because of it. It's like, wear your mask, be safe, yeah, you know, sure. social distance. Like, what's what's a few months of standing away from people, you know, to, to live? So. Yeah, I mean, better be safe than sorry, the age-old saying. Yeah, exactly. For sure. 
Yeah. How how has COVID affected your like film schedule and the productions that you have in the works and stuff that's coming up? Uh, you know what? I, I've been trying to film very safely because uh, it's it's a nightmare. This thing, so it's it's pushed me back a little bit. But uh, I've been keeping busy by releasing films that I had kind of on the burner. So Mind Melters Two comes out this month in stores, and uh, my box set, my my third box set, Acid Bath Productions Volume Three comes out, as well as Sexy Time. My my breast work. So so I had three movies come out this month. So I'm I'm still keeping busy and I I'm shooting I'm shooting a bunch of movies. I don't want to tell you how many I'm actually filming right now. <laughs> are are all of these gonna be available through Best Buy and Amazon like your other films? Yep, yep, yep. Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes and Noble. I know you're big in the con Productions.com. Hell yeah. What? Go straight right, live and direct to the source, acidbathproductions.com. That's right. I was going to say you're big in from, the... Yeah. From my mind to your living room. You're, 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 you're very big in the convention circuit, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, that's where we first kind of met you. Um, and, you know, you're all, all over the place with that. How did you first start getting into conventions? You started as like a fan or is it just like... Did you know, know it would be great for, you know, the, your film, pushing your films and stuff? Oh, no. I've been going to horror conventions since I was eight. Yeah. My parents used to take me. I saw, you know, it was really cool to work with Dick Miller because when I was eight, my parents took me to the Fangoria convention in Manhattan, and I got uh, some tickets to go to the premiere of Demon Knight, which had... You know, Billy Zane and Dick Love Miller. Love Demon and, Knight. Uh, I, I am awesome the last movie. person to film Dick Miller because not only did I produce Hanukkah along with some other people yeah. directed by Evan McGar, but I also did the cinematography for most of the film. And so I am the last person to film legendary Dick Miller. He was such a sweetheart, you know, but I was so honored by that to, to just work with him because I was saying for years in interviews, I want to work with Dick Miller. I want to work with Dick Miller, and I mm. got to. So I'm, uh, I'm really glad that I got to immortalize him in Hanukkah. Yeah, we set these goals. You know, you know, we get to work with these people we idolize growing up. It's great. You know, Dick Miller, iconic. You know what I mean? Generations of iconic. Yeah, sweet man. And his wife, Lainey, sweetheart. Yeah. So. uh how important? Uh, what, what, how important is the con circuit to you, to you and your operation? How important is what the convention circuit? Like doing the cons. Oh, I love it. You know what I mean. I just I love to see uh, fans wearing T-shirts with my face, telling me these funny moments they liked from my films. So, I, unfortunately, I don't think we'll see conventions for at least another year, realistically. Yeah. So I'm just trying to make as many movies as I can before the world opens back up. So when I do go back out and tour, people will have an array of films to choose from and buy in multitude. But I, I do love conventions. I've been doing conventions for a long time now, the better half of a decade. Yeah. So. They're a lot of fun. Did you recently get involved yeah, behind the scenes? Did you get behind the scenes? Have you recently gotten involved behind the scenes on some cons or a convention? 
yeah, you know, I've been working with uh, Mad Monster, Evan McGar's Mad Monster Party, and, uh, you know, I've hosted a few of their Halloween costume contests. Yeah. And, you know, worked closely with it. That's how I ended up producing Hanukkah, that I've been friends with Evan McGar, who runs Mad Monster Party. So, you know, I, I love that show. I was doing it before Evan and I became friends. That's kind of how we became friends. And uh, then we opened a comic book store together called Zappers. Yes. Uh, yes. On Ventura Boulevard. So, you know, that's fun. Run into any issues with uh, behind the scenes and conventions that you were surprised that uh, you had no idea you would even have an issue like that? You know, from usually being on the other side no, of things? No, not really. I mean, uh, Mad Monster Party is so smooth. Yeah. No, no problems. Cool. You know what I mean? It's uh, Everybody has so much fun. At that show, and everybody's satisfied with like the great perks and T-shirts and doing cameos in my movies. There, you know, nothing to say. All all positive vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they'll all be back soon. There's a whole gigantic community of people that love going to these things that are like bombing big time right now. I know it's crazy. Yeah, it's. Have crazy. you ever thought? Have you ever thought of doing like a fan film of? you know, their reactions to you at the convention? Or, you know... You know, it's funny that you say that. I do have something like that in the works, actually. It's called James Balsamo Knows How to Party. And the poster art for that is done. I I did some t-shirts for that. I started doing some things. I've done some wacky stuff at conventions, you know, stapled things to people and places. (laughs) <laughs> lots yeah. of wacky adventures so I was kind of going through my video archives and I think that movie should be out soon also James Balsamo knows at a party is it a compilation or like a documentary it's like a uh, it's like a documentary I like that a mockumentary if you will yeah 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 are you a uh, what type of films does James like to watch in his downtime if you're gonna you're gonna just kind of have a night alone to kind of do whatever you're gonna watch a movie what do you want to watch you know I, I really like 80s gore flicks mm-hmm. like street trash and uh, stuff of that nature but I like art house films surprisingly as well so yeah. uh, as long as there's a, a, a Dutch angle you know I'm talking canted if you get my meaning then I am satisfied <laughs> Did we address uh, what films influenced you, like that you were that you watched and you really said, "Wow, I wanna, I wanna make films or performances." Well, you know, I always say that it was uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three when I was a little kid watching it with my dad, and when that girl gets put up on that hook, mm. I was hooked. Ah. So that was it. I uh, I wanted to be a Jason Voorhees. Uh, kind of character. I did that in I Spill Your Guts, spoiler alert, where I play the slasher. So, you know, uh, I'm I'm doing new films all the time. I'm working on a a science fiction film now. It's my first science fiction. I can't talk too much about it, but, uh, you know, I've done so many horror films, I I think it's time to uh, try something a little different. Yeah. Could we see a a dramatic... Oscar, uh, Oscar, Oscar plan for James Balsamo in the future? 
Who knows? I mean, I'd like to live my life one day at a time. That's yeah. what we always say, you know? People always say, what are you going to do in 10 years? I say, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. That's kind of the way I live. Yeah. You know, I, I film with a, a new celebrity once a week and go on a wacky adventure kind of weekly, like a TV sitcom. So that's kind of the way I have been enjoying my life. And I'm lucky and honored that I could say that. So thanks to the fans and the people that enjoy my work so that I can do that. I appreciate it. Are you the one bringing back Yeah, thank you. Definitely building a legacy over there, you know. I ask Mel, I often say there's Roger Corman, Lloyd Kaufman, and James Balsamo. That's how it goes. (laughs) Well, thank you. James, are you going to bring bring back Stargate, seeing you want to, you know, go into the sci-fi aspect? Yeah, I like the Stargate. I like that uh, Kurt Russell, too. And that beret he wears, I think I'm going to start wearing one when I direct. <laughs> Why not, right? They speculate. Yeah, exactly. They, they speculate Stargate's are real. You believe in anything like that or conspiracy stuff? Well, I mean, if if you read the actual news, then you'll know that UFOs are real. Yeah. So uh, yeah, any anything is possible. Uh, you know, from the tenth dimension and on. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting when you listen to quantum physicists talk like uh, you know people that are just into sci-fi mumbo jumbo, yeah. and then you hear people that actually know quantum science, and you're like, oh yeah, all that is real. Aliens are uh, are out there, and Fox and CNN uh, are revealing actual UFO footage. So it's it's a mad world we're living in right now that aliens are real and people are more concerned about not wearing masks. Yeah. It's like if you if you just pick up an actual newspaper, you will see that the government is agreeing with all the people that they called wackos, <laughs> where they said, uh, you know, you know what I think is amazing is that years ago they denied Area Fifty One for so long, yeah. and then from a foil request. Area 51 was proved to be real, and still nobody was, like, freaking out. Nobody was like, I told you, I told you, I told you. It just was kind of like the 12th page news. And now UFOs are uh, announced as real, unidentified flying objects, right? Mm -hmm. And here we are in society today where it's like, yes, UFOs are real, meaning are they some kind of government craft, or are they... Uh, being from another world or dimension. So that's kind of what I'm playing with with my new sci-fi movie. I like it. 20, 30 years ago, whistleblowers were getting killed off. Nowadays, they're right. starting podcasts. It's a beautiful thing. Has, Jimmy, exactly. have, you ever, have you ever had a cameo that you were very close to landing and for whatever reason maybe not even just this conflict in the schedule or whatever just didn't pull out and just didn't work you missed yeah i got i got a funny one of that so louis anderson almost played the devil in my film cool as hell (laughs) and uh he he passed on the movie only because he was up for a fox tv show and it was a tv show about diving and after he did that fox tv show he played uh, Zach Galifianakis' mother on Baskets, yes. which he won like a major award for. I forget if it was like a Daytime Emmy or he won some kind of award. So if Louie Anderson would have been in Cool as Hell, he would have never played 
Zach Galifianakis's mother and won that award, perhaps. But say lovey. That's one that came and cut in, but just wasn't. Louis Anderson's one of those comedians that, uh, from way back in the day, a little bit that, like, you kind of forget how successful they were. He had that, like, big cartoon that was huge. Do you remember that cartoon? The Life with Louis. Oh, my God, I used to watch that. Anything, oh, camping? Or did he, didn't he do one that was camping, or was that the John Ke- John Candy did a camping cartoon, I think. Um, yeah, John Candy had Camp Candy. Yeah. And then uh, Louis Anderson had a separate one. I forget the name of the show, but I remember that. Like I, I think it was, it was like Life, Life with Louis. Louis or something. Yeah. We was like he looked like a little me, a little me as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> he had Bobby's World with uh, Howie Mandel back in the day. Now we're going back. I'm going back sometime. Uh, Charlie Fleischer. What about Howie Mandel? He, uh, Bobby's World, man. He he did the Bobby's yeah, World cartoon. Well, I love that show. When are we going to get to see your fur baby in a movie? Oh, Alfin too. He's in uh, the Lich. And he's in uh, Catch of the Day 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, I haven't seen neither one of those yet because I'm slacking on my movies. You're slacking. <laughs> but, yeah, Alf, my my dog Alf is in both of those. So. Was uh, was a young James Balsamo a big TV watcher in the 80s and 90s? Are you heavily influenced? I was, yeah. yeah. I watched all of those, you know. Barnyard, uh... Battle Brigade and all that fun stuff. Would you ever host a TV show? Sure. I want to do a I, petition. I, I, I'll take any gig, you know what I mean, that, that has a craft service table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want a slightly edgier Double Dare with James Balsamo as the host for Nickelodeon. Yeah, I like it. You like that? Move That's over, good. Mark Summer. Here comes me. Mark's It'll be double dare, but instead of the traditional, like, running through and picking snots and flags out of giant noses, you know, it, you have to get through, like, a saw trap. You can still do yeah, the big like noses with the booger. The show. I'll yeah. come down. I'll come down and film it. Let's make a pilot for Nickelodeon. We have the same distributor. Hell yeah. Mark Summers back in action. I've seen him doing something recently. Yeah. Did you ever see that Burt Reynolds argument? Oh, yeah, we threw the coffee in his face. Yeah, that's a good one. Burt's cool. He would have been cool to work with. Yeah. So how do you like California out there where you can just kind of... I tell people all the time, I said, you know, the cool thing about New York and California, probably more so California, is you can walk into, randomly stumble into somebody you're a fan of, like at the coffee shop. Have you had any encounters like that? It's true, yeah, yeah. I've, I met Michael Ironside at a oh. at a Walgreens. <laughs> I did, yeah. He, he didn't want to take a selfie with me though because it was in a Walgreens. Yeah, he said, "No, no, not in the pharmacy." He's more of a CVS <laughs> guy. Yeah. Okay, meet me out. Meet, catch me outside. How about that? Yeah, no, I tried. He just he was nice. We had we had a little bit of a chat, but he didn't want to take photo evidence. Of me bumping into Michael Ironside. <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> well, maybe next time. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? Have you been awestruck by anybody that you've met, like really fanboyed out? Um, 
No, I mean, I, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with so many people, and from doing conventions over the years and meeting so many people that I've admired that, uh, you know, I just see them as people. If I if I really want to talk to them, I, I just go up and say something nice. And, you know, if I want to take a picture, I'll take a picture. Like, I met Ron Perlman at a movie theater once and cool. got a selfie with him. He was great. So, you know, you got to realize these people are, are people, and it's funny, Los Angeles... Not a lot of people take selfies. It's like um, because celebrities are so rampant, um, people are just kind of like, "Oh, look, there's you know Ron Perlman. Oh, look, it's Brad Pitt, like getting an ice cream." It's like, yeah, he's a person. He likes right. ice cream too. Yeah, you know. So, what was the craziest thing you've seen since being in LA? Oh, craziest thing! <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I've seen some crazy things. I, I saw, uh, what did I see? Uh, what, uh, Joe Estevez mm-hmm. in, uh, in a cave. I saw that two weeks ago when I was filming with him for my new movie, Mark and Clark, starring uh, Craig Muckler from Microwave Massacre and Bob okay. Cummings. Do you like that segue? Did I, I nail do. it? I like that. You want to talk about that a little more? I do, yeah. Let's so, do it. Uh, Mark and Clark are public access TV hosts where they talk about ancient Aztec gods, and uh, their ratings are low, but they're going to have high adventures in Mark and Clark World Adventurers uh, with me and Joe Estevez. I like it already. Craig Muckler, Bob Cummings. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm shooting that now with the other 792 movies that I'm making at the same time. How do you decipher when you do so many movies? I mean, is it one of those things? Is I know when you when you grab your cameos, you kind of like I know that they're 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 planned. Um, but can you can you just get a whole bunch of footage and can you kind of mix and have you ever found yourself mix and matching or with the scenes or? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's usually Cameo set wise. out for whatever the film is yeah. going to be. You know, so um, Joe Joe Estevez, I was actually talking to him about being the police chief in Cash of the Day 2, yeah. and uh, that didn't work out. And so when the time came uh, of me making Mark and Clark, I reached out to Joe, and, you know, the stars aligned, and it was great working with him. He's a really funny guy, and he's done so many great films. You know, the world that of, whole Estevez lineage is kind of very uh, heavy in the teen talent pool. So yeah. it was it was a really cool honor to work with him. Absolutely, for sure. The um, how many how many movies a year do you think you do roughly? Oh, it depends on the year. I try yeah. to do about six a year. Jeez. So busy man. You know some. Some there's more, some there's less. But yeah, I try to do six. I try to do three that I just act in, and then I do three that I direct. But, uh, you know, some some there's more, some there's less. Do you try and keep a, a certain amount, you know, in your in the back of your head? Do you, do you say, I gotta I got, I got keep knocking these out, or do you worry about slowing down? No, I mean, it's not about knocking them out. I mean, for me, I got into movies to be immortalized. Right, yeah, yeah. like your human form only lasts 
too long, right. but film will outlive us all. Mm-hmm. So for me to live forever, I want to be in as many movies as I can and make people sure. happy whenever they see me. So that was kind of my goal. So it's not really about cranking them out. It's about, you know, sustaining my image yeah. for all eternity. I dig it. I dig that. The no. next Hugh Hefner is on the rise. Ooh. Yeah. What? I like it. Oh, hell yeah. Whatever happened to the Playboy Mansion and all that stuff when Hugh died? That's a gigantic... Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's still around. I, I believe they still put out the magazine, so I'm sure someone owns the estate. Uh, I've, I've been to Hugh's... Uh, burial site in yeah. Hollywood. Nice. nice. He's right yeah. next to Marilyn Monroe. Oh, there you go. So. Shoot. Yeah, California's nice. The, uh, what, what made you make the well, official California, move? Well, California isn't exactly too nice right now with <clears throat> all the fires and everything well, that's going on. Are, are you safe with that situation or and is it affecting anything that you've got going on right now? Yeah, it's it's crazy, but you know, I got a little piece of California carved out for myself, so I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm not complaining. What Does ma- it make you want to relocate back to the East Coast at all? Uh, you know, I have family on the East Coast, so I, I come back usually pretty regularly. I haven't uh, traveled since all this mess, but uh, yeah. I'm sure when things start to calm down, I'll go back out and see everybody in the East Coast. Anything bring on the move, or it just felt like time, it was time to do it? Oh, you know, I actually moved out with my brother. He's a reporter for the oh, Associated yes, yes. Press. Very good man. And yeah. uh, we, we we moved from uh, Long Island to Los Angeles, and then after about a year, my brother got promoted to cover the White House. So he went to Washington, and I stayed in L.A. Cool. Yeah, he's doing pretty good for himself, too. I always like seeing him posting up his pictures and stuff. It's nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, my my brother writes the stories that, you know, CNN uh, reads. So CNN and all these other major, major news outlets. The AP is, like, the largest news outlet in the world, and my brother's writing all the major stories. So um, Mama Balsamo is pretty proud of the Balsamo boys. Well, that's what I like to hear. That I makes me proud. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Mama Balsamo's got a lot to brag about at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I mean, the, both both boys went out there and they paved their way in their own different, you know, fields. You know, and it's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, she 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 beat us hard with sticks, so we became free. <laughs> hey, sometimes you gotta. That's how you get the best outcome, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> the uh, Mel, you got any questions? Um, I do, I just want to know, like, how many more books do you plan on putting out with your witty little puns? Is that going to be like a ongoing thing, or? Well, I I wrote two bad joke books: Total Punishment and Puns of Peril. And then uh, I started writing a book about Arbor Day jokes, but I thought I'd leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody came to you tomorrow and said you can only do one thing, of all the things you do, 
and you had to make a choice, could you? And, and if you could, what would it be? It would be to love. <laughs> I love to love. <laughs> that was great. That was fantastic. Oh, well, James, we love you a long time, so you don't need to worry oh, about us. I appreciate today. that. And I love you guys. Oh. Thank you so much for having me. Don't forget to tell everybody to go to my website, acidbassproductions.com. Find me on Facebook. I'm James Balsamo. I want to be your friend. Yeah, or yeah. add me on Instagram, at James Balsamo. Or find me on Twitter. I'm on the Twitter, at Acid Bath Products. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. And once the conventions are started up again, get yourself out there and meet James. You will uh, You will not be disappointed. Great guy. Full of energy. Really great guy, man. That was the first thing, you know, you meet, I meet a lot of filmmakers and people within the community, and the first thing that always struck out to me is James was like a genuine, sincere, actual, really good guy, and that, that goes a long yeah, way. Yeah, I want to I mean? I get out to the West Coast and have James show me around California once everything, you know, California. somewhat. You run into Weezer while you were out there? Have you seen Weezer? I have not seen Weezer. No, I've seen a few uh, asthmatics. No Rivers Cuomo? No Weezer. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I like Rivers. Not, yeah, but the, the, the week is young. Hell yeah. I know, California. I got. I want to get out there, man. There's so much going on of everything everywhere. Just it's, it's very cool. Very oh, yeah, cool. it's great. And, and I mean, for, for entertainment, they've got all these sets and great locations and and you can't drive down a street without somebody going, oh, did you know they filmed Pulp Fiction there? Or did I you know. know they filmed one of your other favorite movies across the street? You run into so. Quentin? You run into Quentin? How, how, like, how common is it to run into somebody gigantically huge like Quentin? I yeah. haven't, but I'm sure that he shops at grocery stores like everybody else, so I'm sure sooner or later I'll bump into every famous person <laughs> I like it and that lives in Los Angeles like I said it's it's hard I went to uh, I went to an arts and crafts store yesterday and I swear I saw uh, a female comedian but unfortunately I couldn't remember her name so I didn't want to approach her yeah and uh, not know who she was exactly so it's it's funny you kind of can't leave your house without bumping into somebody that you know or that you've seen on television or in the movies and like I said, it, it happens to me, so it's nice that I have a fan base and people recognize me. That's it's a fun feeling, you know. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any when you first got there? Was there anything you needed to rush out and do that you've always wanted to, like uh, you know, go do it, go to the Chinese theater or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to have the premiere of Hanukkah at the Chinese theater oh, for yeah. Evan McGar's movie. You know, like I said, I, I, I produced it and, uh, did some effects work for it and I, uh, I helped edit a little bit of it. So it was, it was cool to have it play at the Chinese theater. And I, I did the same You, do, you do a lot of your effects. Yeah, it, it was cool to, to have it play at such an amazing theater like yeah. the Chinese theater. I mean, that's where Star Wars legendary. opened up, right? That's kind of the, uh, the ultimate movie premiere? For sure, yeah, legendary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, James has been doing his effects in his movies since the, the beginning, Mel. Is that what you were going for? Matt oh, Mel? yeah. Matt yeah. Mel? I, yeah. I love effects work, and I'm, I'm still sculpting and making 
creatures in my stuff to this day. But I, I work with Joe Castro a lot now. We did My Monster for It Wants Blood, and, you know, he's doing the, uh, the werewolf and Hollywood werewolf, so I love Joe Castro. His work is incredible. Yeah, he's a super talented guy. When talking yeah. talking with other filmmakers, I usually, you know, we bring up the... Every now and then you have a situation where... You you see somebody wearing a bunch of different hats because they really want to do that one thing, you know what I mean? But with you, I feel like you just love the whole experience, and it's like you're down to do it all, and you love it, which is nice, you know, it's good. Yeah, I do, I do love do, it, I love all aspects of it. With everything that you do on your productions, what's been your proudest moment so far with everything? This interview. <laughs> I mean, that's a no-brainer. This is my proud. Your check is in the mail, bro. <laughs> Being nice. on the show with you two, I mean, uh, it's incredible. Very sweet. Knowing you two and <laughs> working with you two, it's wonderful. This Things is the press. Things like that's a random 3 a.m. text <laughs> from me that drunk saying, I love you and miss you. Right. <laughs> I don't even get that. Damn. Hell yeah. I know. You know, I don't I don't even random text him to message him. Quarantine. I will asking him to be on the show as a random text message because I haven't really texted anybody lately, but Yeah. Well the world's ending, you know. Act get act accordingly. It'll be okay. Yeah, I gotta act accordingly. I gotta talk to my people that I actually care about, you know, make sure they're all good and everybody's safe and you know, doesn't need anything or whatever. It's true. Well, so James, you want to? Uh, well, we're wrapping up. Do you want to? I know you did it before, but you want to tell everybody one last time where they can find you and all your stuff. Sure. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. It's been an amazing treat for me. This is better than a hot s'mores on a cold day. <laughs> Go to acidbathproductions.com. Get all your cool acid bath productions t-shirts, hot sauce, movies, James Balsamo action figure. Or you can find me on Instagram, at James Balsamo. I want to be your friend. Add me. Tell me you love my movies. I'll keep making them. Hell yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, sir. Any Thank quick, you. Any quick advice for any filmmakers or actors out there that uh, want to pursue? Yeah, you know what? If you're an actor, uh, reach out to producers and directors. Say, hey, I'm an actor. I'd love to work. Uh, for free, you could set me on fire. Hit me with your car. I'm available. You know, I, I love I love helping people that want to be in movies and reach out to me if I can put you in something. I will. Um, you know, or or if you're a filmmaker, I always say pick up a camera and do it. Watch a few tutorials online on what the 180 rule is. And once you know the 180 rule, you can kind of. Uh, do whatever you're going to do with a film. You know, it's art. It's your creation. It's your baby. So go, go make babies. Amen, brother. <laughs> I'm with it. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know. Um, James is going to get an email now from me saying, I'm not an actress. I'm not going to show my tits, but I want to be in a movie. <laughs> All right. That All sounds right. good. Can I hit you with a car or light you on fire? Is my next follow-up question. You can light me on fire. Don't hit me with a car. Okay. The fire then? Okay. It's a done deal. You're hired. You can split my throat. You can set me on fire. Um, 
anything except for hitting me with a car or drowning me, and I'm all right. I'll be okay with it. Okay. Damn. My stunt guy, Danny Danger, didn't like it when I hit him with a car either. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Shit. Well, we hope to have you back on again sometime soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Anytime. Always. Yeah, James, it was great having you on. I'll have you on again. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Marty. Wow.